welcome to Agile World. Hello, Carl. It's been a couple of weeks since I've seen you in person. <laughs> <laughs> last, last time I saw you was with a glass of champers in a hot tub, if that doesn't sound too weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no. And there were other people there as well. Were, yeah, it wasn't just the two of us. Does that sound weird? it was a friend's weekends away so um uh, absolutely really got to meet my friends and think oh my goodness um so <laughs> i tried i made friends i made extra friends actually so i'm not sure if i need you anymore carl only joking you are still uh, i'm going away now you're still my partner <laughs> <laughs> so uh we have a guest today um, Saul, would you like to introduce yourself and kind of describe your Agile journey, how you got into it and what you're doing now and where you think it's going? Thank you. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Fox, um, and especially with Agile World, which I, I think that you guys are trying to do such a great piece of work to the world to try and maybe encourage more people into all this, you know, agility movement, if you like. Yeah. Um, right. My name is Sol. Um, I'm originally from Colombia. I've been in the UK for God, nearly probably 20 years. Um, I've, uh, I, my background is quite technical. I started bachelor's in computer science and then a master's in business and IT. I was a developer in my kind of previous life and then a business analyst and then like maybe like 14 years ago, I started into my management journey. Um, so that puts me into agility roughly, I'm going to say 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when I met all these agile ways of working. Um, so I've been working with that and I'm pretty, I'm highly passionate about why agility is, you know, like, the nice kind of way of doing things. Um, but I consider myself also quite pragmatic um, and not massively Buddhistic in, into the agility. Um, and maybe as part of this conversation, we, we can talk about maybe views that you guys might have on that and some views that I've got on very pragmatic people and maybe very, um, you know, to the book people as well. Um, my journey with agility has been kind of all the time from a, a kind of scrum mastery perspective, project management, program management, all the time trying to not only promote, adopt, uh, propagate agility, but also I have found very interesting the different interpretations that you might have on agility in maybe the misconceptions and and how preconceptions might lead into different maybe bad habits um, i've been working with various uh, set of um, organizations uh, public and private uh, so in some pretty large and some pretty small right now i'm with a large bank but before that, I was with a startup, an American startup. Before that, I was with one of the largest public sector organizations here in the UK and so forth and so on. And every time I've been with them for, you know, like a region of two years, meaning that I have seen quite a different degree of agile implementations. That's in a kind of pretty quick nutshell, the, the journey. I'm sure that we can get into 
more deeper uh, conversations on this but that, that's that's what I am right now I love I love um, the way that you describe it. It's almost like there are different flavors and different ways and different journeys of actually moving towards agility. And there's different styles as well. And I think that's what makes agile or agility such a fabulous way of working because it is so flexible. And I loved how you actually described it. Is there a is there a particular area that you find quite exciting when it comes to agility? The mindset part, Sabrina, is just probably what I find the the most exciting part. Maybe because I relate personally as well. Uh, I just see agility applicable to anything, <laughs> literally anything in life, starting personal, frankly. Um, I just find it that anything to do, my, my, my own sort of maybe um, way to embrace it is with an experimentation mindset, experimentation hat, to just, I know we have mentioned this many times in the agile world, try, file, they fast and, you know, and, and, and fail and, and learn and all that, that that's cool. But I, in my opinion, you can go a little bit beyond, in my opinion, into the experimenting part, into proving or disproving hypotheses, and then seeing what works and then learning from that. I, I, for me, that has been in the recent years, even more useful than the fail fast and all that. Um, because I think that it puts a little bit of um, like a reference point as to where you might be going into. Many times we have preconceptions ideas, like, you know, like food habits or uh, sort of exercising that you might, that might, might work for you or not. And many times I think that we treat that in a waterfall way as in we need to do an 18 months plan and then, you know, I'm gonna be so fit and, but really, all that you need to do is to do a push-up today and see see what happens. And then, you know, switch maybe one of your, I don't know, steaks for a little bit more salad. And then feel. And I think that feeling. And then, and, and that experimentation thing is, um, but I think it's all to do with the mindset part. And it's what I, I believe is the foundational part that many times, not to say that the tooling obviously is very important because it can unleash your many things, your velocity, your resiliency, etc., and also the methodology. I mean, it's it's like choosing your you know your your favorite child. You, you kind of can't, <laughs> but at the same time, if you don't have love, which is the mindset, it's not gonna it's gonna fall apart. Um, you know so what? I, think the I mindset... love what you're saying here because y- you're right. The one thing that agility has brought out is you think years ago when we were probably children. You, you fail at something, you'll do something wrong. You almost kind of feel like you're going to get told off. You feel like it's a bad thing. It's a negative thing. But you're right in what you're saying. That agility over the years has kind of turned out, do you know what? Failing isn't a negative. It's now a positive. Do you know what? Let's try this out 100%. and it may not work. But this 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 goes back to moving uh, agile from being engineering to being science. Yeah. Science is about experimentation. You don't you don't say you're going to do something and then just do it. You do lots of experiments until you find the right experiments that proves that you can do it. And yes. and and I think there's a there's a bit here where we need to kind of move away from being process driven engineers and think more like scientists to go like we know we know the parameters of what we're trying to achieve and we kind of know some pieces but we don't know the right recipe yet. 
And just like a chemist trying to form the right recipe with all the tubes and Bunsen burners and, and, and various different devices, we're still trying to work out what the right recipe is. And we have to do that in each instance. There's, there's not a single panacea that works for every organization. What do you guys, I, first of all, I fully, obviously, um, like I, it resonates. Now, one of the things that I find interesting many times is that when you, when I have these conversations with smart people, rarely you find someone that just negates this, they not. But when it's about the implementation, many people, it's like there is a conditioning, right? And <laughs> that conditioning is constraining. Stop thinking and start doing. Well, wait a minute. Shouldn't we think while we're doing? Otherwise, if you drive a car without thinking while you're doing it, you're going to crash. Mm. <laughs> I always find it. So I, one of the analogies that I sometimes tend to use is this is like you hiring a personal trainer for you to get fitter. He's, he, that's the coach, essentially. And they are going to tell you, look, okay, you're going to get fitter. Ideally, wake up at 5 a.m. or 6, whatever, go for a week run, uh, you know, increase your salads and all that. But it's not until, like, it's so easy to find the answers to the questions many times. It's you're a, you're a Google click from finding, you know, what you need to do. The problem is doing it, coming back to the mindset part. Um, so many times, I know that, but then tomorrow, 5 a.m., snooze. You know, I just <laughs> yeah. want my burger and my pizza. You know, because I'm conditioned, I mean, it's just I easier. Can, I can relate to that. I mean, a lot of people know I'm, I'm absolutely crazy about the gym to the extent I've got one in my house. And I also understand the struggles you can have. I've had personal trainers. I've still got one that I lean on on occasion where they can show you the route. They can show you what good will happen, but it is down to your, you have to have a mindset change to make those behavioral changes in not just your eating, but how you are physically. It takes 21, 21 to 30 days. There was actually a scientific paper on this. It takes 21 to 31 days to change a habit. It takes 21 to 31 days to create a new habit. You have to go through that pain until you start seeing those results. And that's exactly the same with agility. There's multiple different ways of implementing it. There's no one size fits all. That's where the beauty of agility is, that it's so flexible. You can make it flex with your business, but you have to be prepared to change, take it in small steps, fail when necessary, but learn in a positive way of, of what can we change. And it's there's no stopping point. There's never an end date. And, and I, I get this a lot as a coach. You, you probably get this a lot as a transformation. It's the same as Carl. There's never an end date. You need to constantly improve, change, see what you're doing. Because and because of how the world is, it changes so fast. So, so Paul, in in your sorry, Paul Saul, in your in your twelve years of agility, what have you seen change? What what has what has moved as far as you're concerned? Um, let me answer the question in two different ways. Yeah. Um, I have seen people embracing it and thinking and say, I mean, honestly, it's like such a great vibe and feeling. Saying. I cannot believe that I've been working in the way that I have been working for the last 10, 20, 30 years. This is amazing. And obviously that's like a one of those 
little epiphanies that you have and it's like uh, like i'm not the only crazy one you know it's like definitely <laughs> this is great like really like in promoting very like healthy ways of working and uh, all the leadership good values and all that it's just it's great so in, in like the first the first um, attempt for me to answer the question is seeing the people embracing the change and and providing you know providing pretty positive feedback to say you know forget about your diras and forget about all that it's more the teamy spirit that you get around this that uh, via continuous improvement unleashes innovation it's just fantastic and um, now into the that that's probably more intangible but you feel it you can definitely feel it. and you can maybe measure it in some way with you know like satisfaction from employees or or you know retention and all that the the, the other kind of tangible stuff that I've seen is is the typical matrix of uh, you know you increase your pace as in you know more velocity so you are delivering more value not only you are delivering quicker but you are delivering more value as in you are learning from the customer you're you know you're getting the feedback loops and 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 you know obviously that means that it's it's giving you an edge for 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 competing with 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 some more some organizations or even with, with you know across teams i remember being on a team in one of one of the banks here in the uk where we were part of a program we were three teams that were we were like like partners if you're like actually a very good working relationship but the second that you see your velocities and all that it does um it's one of those that sometimes the tooling might drive the behaviors instead yeah. of the other way around i'm sure you guys have seen that as well yeah. that is very interesting and they kind of just ring fence they just they just feed each other quite nicely so i remember that as well where uh, it becomes contagious the ways of working but also the the tangibles that you get out of that um that's just one quick example that i remember i probably can remember some some others but those were just you know quite nice to see when you when you see that it's it's rare to see that on a waterfall or kind of more traditional way of working. There are so many archetypes that you get out of that. And I don't tend to put black and white. Uh, I think there are grays and there are things from the waterfall ways of working that I think they are pretty reusable and they are you know, appropriate in certain cases. But it's, it's you know, like you tend to see yeah. more th that, that kind of maybe thrive in that kind of, you know, like, um mentality and vibe in when you are working on an agile manner you can normally tell when you walk into a business that has flourished very well with agility because there's like a buzz there's excitement and and my personal view that's because of the collaboration it's because everybody is a collaborating when you go into businesses where a lot of it is pushed top down and, and people have been dictated to, you don't get as much of a buzz because everybody, all the employees, everybody working towards the goals of the business aren't necessarily included in the decision-making or being as active. And you do almost feel it's it's vibrant. And, and I, I, I get it when you turn around and say that you can see a, a big difference within teams when, when they are getting it, when that penny kind of drops. And sometimes it can take time and we have to be quite calm because it does take people sometimes longer to be able to change the mindset or be able to understand 
the ability of these changes is not just improvements for a business. It's not just improvements for delivery, but some improvements for them and, and, and their health, but also their way of working. And it is absolutely beautiful. But hmm. what's the most difficult? And you don't have to name any names. Right? We don't, we're not interested in that. But what, what's probably the most difficult scenario you've been when you've gone in to support or run a transformation? Well, do, if you're allowed to say. Yeah, um, I can't mention people I kind of want, but I can't. Um, <laughs> um, no, the reason I'm smiling is because I was just going to sort of ask you a question and come back to a previous point, but it's so connected to, I can I answer probably the two things yeah. uh, you know, with the Go same stone. Um, right, let me park the question and come back to one thing that you mentioned before. So you, know, you mentioned before when we were, we were starting, you were alluding, I think, to the fear factor. The fear factor, you know, the fear element you get on a, you know, culturally, as we know, is such a massive constraint on people that obviously it's limiting any sort of improvements. Uh, it's, um, it's even probably creating unconsciousness on people, I think. Um, it's promoting unconsciousness, essentially. Uh, it, it's, it's difficult to open that little closet into and, and get into awareness. And then the, obviously the first step is to get to be aware of an issue. And then if you're aware, then you can improve. But if the, the fear part, I just feel that many times is, is, if not the one, maybe at least one of the main components that is restricting people. Um, and I think, and I'll get to the question in a second, but I think that's the reason why many times you feel that vibe that you were talking about. Because when you remove the fear and you're empowering people, on the contrary, then obviously what you start getting is that people feel, you know, they feel listened. And and that's, you know, like the second that they get that, they, they many of them, they feel like they are being recognized, that they are adding value, that obviously the human, the human brain works in such a way that is, we, we, most of us, if not all, we are, we like problem solving, you know, we feel good about it. You know, we get a challenge and then within seconds, the brain goes quite quickly to, these are the potential steps to be able to overcome all this. So all this is, we are talking about feelings here, it's emotions and emotions that you get are pretty positive. Hence, you create that vibe. Now, all this is kind of the background and context of now coming back to the question. In one of the public sector organizations that I worked, this is the example whereby you hire the, 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 the personal trainer, but you are expecting the personal trainer to do the push-ups for you and to eat the salads for you. Absolutely the same. So on this organization, um, some of us, we came as consultants uh, with a sort of mandate, I suppose, to do some transformation, to get the organization into a more devopsy way. But the fear that people had, I, 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 I will suggest that any organization that is looking to make an investment into transformation, don't waste your money unless you have already started or you are willing to get help with the mindset and the culture part. You get the fear and you and you get consultants and you get money and you get you know cloud and all that. It's gonna get you so you know so much. It's not honestly it's not, not gonna give you much. And I think that that, that in, in regards to your question, I can can specifically remember that experience whereby I thought, well, 
many people recognize the word to be great and all that. But then the second that you're trying to go into the transformation and coming back to your numbers of the change and the numbers of you know 21 and 28, what I have seen is that you want change, yeah, probably 21, 30 days. You want transformation, which is not reversible change. You're looking for longer, you know, a point in time where you are not coming back. To get into that stage, you need to have you will need to have removed the fear or at least massively mitigated that. And this definitely didn't happen in this place. And fear is actually one of the hardest emotions. We've, we've all experienced it and, and everybody experiences fear in multiple different ways and how people get over fear. And, and as transformationists, the one thing we have to do is gain trust. Trust that people from people to kind of trust in you that you not only know what you're doing, but you've also got their back. And you're also there to not just guide them, but also support them. And you're right, fear. One of the hardest behaviors that we all naturally, instinctively just crawl into ourselves when that happens. Um, no. That's on. quite an interesting point, isn't it? Because how do you, well, I've got my own views, but how do you, how do you gain trust? Because you can't just get to our place and say, trust me. Like, why will you, you know, why will you, or why will I? Me personally, when I go into an organization, um, I'm a very open and honest person. I'm a very kind person. I'm, I'm relatable, the same as Carl. Um, and having really good listening skills and actually being very interested in the now, the next steps and how we're going to get there. But being able to collaborate and communicate with multiple different people and actually taking that moment in time to actually listen and understand, you know, you always get that one person that you get warned about. Um, they are, you know, or watch this person because they're the moaners. They would be the person I would make a beeline for because they are being outspoken, but obviously not being listened to. And they've got gold dust nine times out of 10. But my, my personal, and there's multiple different ways and it's different for different people, but having taken that time to sit down and listen and ask questions to get an overall understanding of what the current situation is, but also an understanding of where people want to be. Once they see that you are invested in them as people, then that's how you gain trust. But it, it's, it's a similar scenario when you'll meet someone in the pub the first time or you're handing over your credit card details. You know, someone, you've got to gain some trust in that way. Carl, I can see you going, no, give me I'm the just, I, I, you, you said earlier everyone's afraid. And I, I don't think Not everyone everyone's is. afraid. I don't think it was that terminology that's used. Not everybody is afraid. Some people are like, come on, let's take this on. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. And that's yeah. that's kind of how I am. I, I just, I, I understand the concept of fear because it's about self-preservation. That's what fear is really useful for, to make sure you don't put your, ha your hand yeah. in a fire and things like that. But actually, uh, there is an operating power in lots of organizations of fear to make sure people comply. And actually, those are the organizations that will never gain an agile mindset. Um, and actually dealing with the, the whole um, bullying cultures and fear cultures in organizations is fundamental to releasing the true potential of that organization in their people because people who feel put upon and feel uh, limited by an organization will never serve it. They'll never see it as a, as a higher calling than just doing a job. 
um, and releasing the true potential in the mindset of agility is actually about getting beyond being a child in the playground and actually living up to potential as an adult. Sorry, something I'm quite yeah. passionate about because I there are and I and I I was talking to someone recently about you know being bullied at work. Yeah, you know, I've been bullied by a CEO. Um, he turned around and tried to bully me in public in front of everyone. And I said, that's not acceptable. And he looked genuinely, it looked like I just slapped him in the face, which I did verbally, because I'm not, I'm not going to submit to someone else's inadequacies in order to validate their, their behaviors, because I won't, it's just wrong. <laughs> the end of the day, we're three minds with three opinions. And I love the fact that you actually threw that in. Um, this has been absolutely amazing. We definitely need to carry on the conversation. It would be really good to get into the DevOps at some point with yourself. So if you're happy to come back, that would be absolutely great. But 100%. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, folks. Thank you.